Welcome to the Intelligent Equity Podcast. The mission of this podcast is simple, to help consumers understand residential mortgage lending and the concept behind building equity and living the American dream. Now, here's your host, Ryan Kiefer. Hey everybody, Ryan Kiefer here, Prime Lending. Welcome to another edition of Intelligent Equity, the podcast about all things financial with a focus on real estate and mortgage. I'm here today with a business associate, good friend of mine, Mr. Ashok Gildyal with Prime Lending, who is now officially our first and only two-time guest on the podcast. So well, thank you. Welcome and congratulations, I, I <laughs> Thanks think. Thanks a lot. So, yeah. That means good a lot. Yeah. Happy to have you here today. We uh, we want to talk about uh, the subject that's on everyone's minds, and that is uh, you know coronavirus is out there, COVID nineteen as they call it, and you know sort of how that's affecting uh, the markets out there. Obviously, a ton of volatility with both the stock market, the bond market. You know some ripple effects coming through the economy. You being in the financial industry now uh, for over forty years, I think yeah. you can uh, give us uh, some some pearls of wisdom. I'm, I'm hoping. Well, that might be a little bit of a reach, but th one of the things that I, and I think you and I have talked about this, uh, is that it, the big difference that I see between 1987, the 2000 currency crisis, mm -hmm. the technology bust, and then 2008, which was really a very, very big shock mm -hmm. to the system, and there were issues on whether we'd even survive as a, as a w economic entity in the world, Sure. right? The biggest thing that I see as a difference here is that there is fundamentally nothing wrong with the economy. As a matter of fact, it's been very, very strong. And so once this stuff with the virus uh, mm -hmm. processes itself through, we should be able to get back on track. Mm -hmm. So what we were talking about, yes, there is going to be some pain. We, it's the uncertainty on how long it's going to last is probably a matter of big concern. But on the other side of it is, that the majority of the working force, the workforce, mm -hmm. or a good part of it are W-2 employees. Mm -hmm. They are on salaries. They are not going to get dislocated that easily out of their jobs. Right. It is the hourly workers, the service industry people that are mm -hmm. going to be affected. And yes, there'll be a lot of pain for them and hopefully the government is going to come in and do something to help them out, which again is going to be a positive. Right. So from where I'm seeing, I think this could be a huge opportunity for people in your and my profession, the realtors and mm -hmm. financial advisors, to uh, maybe justify the money that they make, the mm -hmm. job that they're doing. They call out, they talk to their clients, explain things to them, and set it up so that you can talk about what happens when this is over. Right. Or right now, as this is not over, how refinancing could very well be the best investment they make, sure. short and long term. Maybe a debt consolidation refinance they hadn't been thinking of if you've got other debt out there and you're worried about income Yes. You know, over the short term. So yeah, as you mentioned, I think certainly you know, a couple weeks ago was, are we going to have a recession? A lot of folks saying we weren't. Um, our Treasury Secretary was just out yesterday saying he didn't think we were. I, I think that's a little bit disingenuous um, because certainly it looks like we're going to have a recession. Now, the good news is it'll be cyclical versus structural. It's not going to drag on for four or five years like it did that's back in 2008. Yeah. It'll be short, swift, deep, unfortunately. And I do have a lot of friends in the service industry, musicians, things like that, that are already being affected yep. by this with, with the closures. And certainly we hope that Congress and the government will, will do something there to, to ease their pain. But the good news overall, I think, is that the economy bounces back quickly from this. And housing in particular, 
um, isn't going to be the culprit to drag things down yes. this time. Yes. It's not going to be the cause of this recession. And I think it's somewhat insulated um, based on some things we've been talking about. You know, you look at the amount of inventory that's out there or lack yeah. thereof versus 08. Um, home appreciation rates haven't quite run up uh, like they did back then. And interest rates, you know, even if you take maybe, let's say we take 20% of the buyers out of the market right now, people get freaked out or they lose right. their jobs, right. lose income. There are still a ton of buyers out there, right? Yes. I mean, you yes. know this anecdotally yes. as well as I do. And I think a lot of them are going to stay in the market, um, especially because interest rates are back near historical lows. So that's going to encourage people to continue to buy. I think there's another side to this that might really play out very, very well for us. We've been talking about the low inventory, mm -hmm. right? You go in and you have people coming in on any particular, particularly the price range between mm -hmm. 150 to 300,000, you're getting about multiple bids, 15, 20 oh, yeah. people, you know, some crazy stuff. I think what this might do is cool it down a little bit, yeah. bring some reality back to the sellers because they're not doing things that they should do. some sense of make the sell. It'll bring some sense into the market. Well, in real estate in general these days, especially, is more of a one-on-one. -on -one. It's not a group thing where you have to worry about. Now, maybe open houses cool off and you don't have 50 yeah. people coming through an open house, you know, on a hot new property that's going to have multiple offers. But if you think about it, it's very much more so a business now that can be virtual. You, know, you can do everything online. Um, there's not a lot of face-to-face -face meetings or doesn't have to be. We have e-signings for closings, you know, things like that, e-signings on our applications. So hopefully from that standpoint, you know, people remain a little bit calm and resilient, um, you know, in light of everything that's going on there as well. So, so Ryan, when you are looking at it, uh, I know you've also been in the in the business uh, a fair amount of time. Does this stuff really make you nervous? Um, the markets, no, not so much. I mean, on the one hand, you mentioned, you know, we've been in the longest expansion we've had in this great country, 11 years running now. Yeah. Well, now over with, uh, it looks <laughs> like. And the same with the bull stock market, right. now officially over, um, you know, for the last 11, 12 years. So, you know, the, the statement has been made, somewhat of a joke, but some truth to it is that the U.S. economy and stock market has been a bug in search of a windshield for some yeah. time. Yeah. So I think that's part of what's going on here is the markets, once they get spooked, as you know, they're going to take that and run with it. So they were sort of looking for a catalyst or looking for a reason to correct overall. But also, as you mentioned, when you look at the economy as a whole, fundamentally, it's very sound. You look at, you know, uh, wage growth, been very muted. Wages have not been going out of control. Um, you know, unemployment still awfully, awfully low. I mean, there's just a lot of inflation. Yeah, inflation, inflation has been very, very low, um, you know, almost worrisome low, you yeah. know, for the Fed. So I think you know, from that standpoint, again, there's going to be some, some short-term pain here, but I think the recovery is going to be fairly quick and swift as well um, once everyone gets back on their feet. And I, I, this was another thing you and I were talking about before we came on to the show. Um, we tend, or the way the, the whole proposition is made, it is sometimes people start equating what's happening with the stock market in terms of what's happening mm -hmm. with Main Street. So, you know, Wall Street was Main Street. Yeah. And I think there can be a time when they kind of, Right now they are going down together, but there can be a time mm -hmm. when the what is going on with the uh, Wall Street is not necessarily indicative of what the underlying strength of right. the economy, which we have. Right. And I think part of that, you know, not to, to blue sky it here for anyone, because certainly, you know, what's going on with stocks can affect the housing market. I think, uh, you know, you call that the wealth effect. So that could certainly affect, you know, your top end purchases. Maybe someone who was thinking about selling their $500,000 right. home and buying yep. something for a million plus 
all of a sudden puts the brakes on because they were going to liquidate some investment accounts for the down payment. That's and now they're like, well, I don't want to sell it right now when the market is down. So they hold off. But for those that are in the lower price points, as you mentioned, where it already is super, super competitive, you know, they probably aren't as invested in the markets yet because they're, you know, younger or what have you. So they don't have that same wealth effect. They're not feeling the pain of the stock market being down. So as long as their employment is somewhat insulated and their income, they really don't have anything to worry about over the long term. Short term, sure, they might be a little bit fearful of what's going on, but over the longer term, if they've been thinking about buying a home, you know, versus renting, or been thinking about being that move up buyer, it's still a great time to it do it. It is a great time. You know? And I, I think you, you make some very good points that I don't think there's anything really to be overly concerned about other than take care of your health and yes. avoid the virus if you can, right? right? If you can if you can dodge that bullet, I think we're in good shape. Yeah, social distancing, six foot space, we couldn't do that for we're the camera here, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> we had him tested before he came in. No, but, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, any uh, other great uh, pearls of wisdom you have for us? The only thing, one thing I'm, I know when we talked about refinance, you had mentioned the case of the people that have a debt consolidation. Mm -hmm. I've been running some numbers for people that have a $200,000 uh, mortgage balance, right? Right. Uh, they reduce their payment by, uh, or their more interest rate by about 1%. Right. What is really interesting is, so their payment savings is about 160, 170, you think? Sure. So over the next 10 years, mm -hmm. they have cash flow savings on that. Right. Uh, but what is even more important is that the interest payments that mm -hmm. they are making, they end up saving like 25, 30,000 over the next 10 years oh, on it. Sure. So now the overall benefit they are getting mm -hmm. is not just the cash flow, but net worth and right. also literally goes up. So the total benefit of a refinance is not just what you save in the monthly payment, right. but it could be as high as 35, 40,000 yeah. dollars on a $200,000 sure. mortgage. Well, that's, you know, that was lost on me for probably the first 18 years in this business, admittedly. I've been at this for 20, 23 years now. Um, care to admit that. But anyway, yeah, so you bring up a good point. Let's, for, for, the, for the sake of simple math here, say that we have somebody with a uh, $250,000 loan and we're going to shave 1% off their interest rate and take them from four and a quarter to three and a quarter. I hate to quote rates on here, but it's illustrative purposes, right? So 1% savings, annual interest savings on a 250 loan is 2500 a year in interest savings, right? Yes. That will not correlate to 208 a month and payment savings or whatever it is, as you know. The reason is, as you brought up, is that the lower the rate on a mortgage, the faster the loan amortizes. In other words, the faster you're paying down the principal. The more wow. money is going yes. towards the principal, principal balance from payment one, if you look at it on an amortization schedule. So yes, yeah, sometimes people will say, because on that example, instead of saving 208 a month, it might only be 160 bucks a right. month. Right. So it's like, well, what happened to the other 48 bucks? Well, that much more is going towards the principal each month on that new loan versus the old loan. You're paying down the principal faster, the lower the, rate. lower the rate. The lower the rate. So that's an excellent point you bring up and that is lost on a lot of people when they strictly look at monthly payments. And, and that's why I just recently, by the way, I had a really successful uh, Facebook uh, seminar. I had nice. one, one person attended. Hey. So better than better than none. Better, better than none. Yeah. And, and the topic of it was that the refinancing for a lot of people might very well be the best investment decision they can make sure. at this point. Right. Absolutely. You know, assured of cash flow savings, right. assured of a return on yeah. their investment. Well, maybe you're eliminating PMI, you know, yep. mortgage oh insurance, God, or really changing up. your term, or mm -hmm. maybe, you know, with rates this low, maybe you're not taking advantage of your match on your 401k. Great yep. time to start buying more into the stock market. So maybe you want to maximize, uh, you know, that right there, maximize exactly. your liquidity and your rate of return. 
So, so, so th there are choices. It's, uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of negative stuff that is going on there, but this really is a time to do some thinking, a little bit out of the box thinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though we sound a little bit Pollyannish, you know, in our enthusiasm for mm -hmm. this. But this is the time when we really come in and help people and help them yeah. figure things out because it makes a difference. Be greedy when others are fearful, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Shuk, thank you so much for being here again. Really thank you for tuning it. in. This has been another edition of Intelligent Equity. This is Ryan Kiefer with Prime Lending. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Intelligent Equity Podcast with Ryan Kiefer. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast and hit subscribe to get notification of all new episodes.